Good morning, and welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club, episode 96. My name is Cool Jazz Mark Champlin, and today I am slightly under the weather, uh, but we're gonna fucking go for it anyway, and Alex is here too. Hi. What's up, girls and gays? Um, So uh, today, today on the podcast, we are going to dare to ask, we are going to dare to ask, what if a theater kid used his powers for good? Instead of for evil. <laughs> this is this is a class that is entirely Brian David Gilbert and Chris Fleming. Uh, Chris <laughs> Fleming, no I'm sure we'll find a way to discuss at some point. But yeah. today, we're talking about BDG. Yeah. What did we watch this week, Mark? Um, so Unraveled, um, if you're not familiar with it, is a series of web videos um, starring... Performer Brian David Gilbert, uh, and it's hosted by Polygon.com. In each episode, uh, the aforementioned BDG uh, (laughs) will claim that he's going to provide ridiculously comprehensive video game lore. Uh, Yeah, so um, Alex will explain the concept. Yeah, Uh, because that doesn't explain it, does it? (laughs) Not really. It's 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 game it's YouTube gaming shit, but it's it's different than the shit you've ever watched. Yeah, it is. It is. Really, truly, I'm really, honestly, like, very, very excited to be talking about Unraveled and be talking about the the uh, the oeuvre of of BDG because he is such he has been such an influential figure on me yeah. and a lot of my friends and like the sense of humor of the internet in the past. Yeah, few years. I feel like I feel like his work has genuinely been really important in like bringing like our <laughs> like our friend groups together and yeah. like every all, we all love BDG. Yeah, and so so Brian David Gilbert um is uh sort of a, a maniacal trickster god in a suit <laughs> um at least in these Accurate. unravel videos. Um and every episode of this show which is about 10 to 30 minutes um he sets out to unravel uh different aspects of video game lore so you know one episode might be how do we fit all of the zelda games including the spin-offs and mario kart into the zelda timeline <laughs> or what the fuck is going on in kingdom hearts or just what the goddamn hell is kirby anyway <laughs> um and so for for most episodes uh this is him standing in a studio space with completely black walls, um, pinning up increasingly absurd amounts of paper notes uh, in order to try to explain (laughs) these different aspects of video game lore. Um, And then somehow the whole thing is like deeply emotionally effective and beautiful. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like, don't get me wrong. this This is a comedy series through and through. BDG is one of the funniest goddamn people on the planet. Um, But something about him just gets to you in a lot of ways and we'll kind of get into that a little bit deeper and get into some specifics as we go um but before we get into that just kind of broadly mark uh how did you how do you feel about unraveled how did you feel watching some of these videos again i i know that both of us have seen every single one of the episodes that we watched for this episode of the podcast like eight times already so it was really just like a refresher i've kind of just been like watching unraveled throughout the week and been like yep this shit still slaps (laughs) Uh-huh. Uh but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been doing the same. When I, whenever I like eat lunch or whatever, I just throw on one of the videos this week. Yeah. Um which is not dissimilar to what I would usually do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like I had to watch anything for this <laughs> week's like it, it's just I had the privilege of doing what I likely would have done anyway at some <laughs> point and said, "Hey, why don't I rewatch Unraveled?" Um so uh I guess um 
it's interesting that you said, you know, it is a comedy work, but it's deeply affecting, um, you know, like, like all the best uh, comedy works that have stuck with me, um, similar to like, I don't know, like the, the, the later, like Bo Burnham specials, like, I feel like there's a lot of themes of like anxiety and depression and mm-hmm. combating that with like finding joy in like media and, um, and just like reveling in like your nerdiness. Yeah. Um, pulling joy out of silly, dumb, nerdy things, uh, in yeah. spite of everything else going around you being up in flames, I think is definitely uh-huh. a, a part of the heart of this series for sure. Yeah. And, and that's something that's deeply millennial. I think, mm-hmm. um, I I think that like the the young millennial or like caught between millennial and Gen Z type of generation, um, the, there's a lot of like media that is being like cynically peddled toward us mm-hmm. uh, without like a very deep understanding of our experience. Um, but you need you need material that is written by people who have the same lived experiences as you. Um, and I think Unraveled is like such a good example of that because it just genuinely feels like you and your friends talking about dumb shit, <laughs> just written just really intelligently and funny. And, and it, it is moving. Um, <clears throat> I, I kind of uh, do want to briefly go into my own tangent zone of just for a <laughs> moment here and say that he also has a personal channel. Um, we probably won't talk about it much on this episode, but like, you should watch his personal channel as well. I think it's just called Brian David Gilbert. Um, he revolutionized how I make popcorn, <laughs> and uh, I cannot get his songs out of my head. He he's also like a very talented musician and like a good singer. I guess that this is like the the, the theater kid background yeah. coming out uh, with him. But <laughs> multiple like songs of his have gone viral on tiktok and, and i know this as the as the resident tiktok <laughs> expert on the podcast um follow me at mark underscore drizzle uh uh t- teens i'm looking at you um anyway uh <laughs> yeah multiple songs of his are just they're they're so catchy and, and like silly and fun that they have become tiktok memes and i don't know if he is even i'm sure he's probably aware of it but it certainly <laughs> wasn't the plan these are like videos he made in 2016 but yeah yeah, yeah, like you, I said, they're very effective with with the kids. <laughs> yeah, you you mentioned his his personal channel, and there there is a video on that channel uh, that is his like his application video for becoming a video producer at Polygon. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like this ridiculous song about how he needs to <laughs> he he needs to get this job so that he can pay rent. But also, um, at the end of the video, he's like. He goes into the Brian David Gilbert sincerity mode and he says something along the lines of like the videos that Polygon produces help anxious people like me be able to take some time out of their day and calm down and laugh and enjoy themselves for a little bit. And I just want to be able to do that for other people. Um, And he did. (laughs) And he does now all the time. Um, Yeah, I, I really think that BDG is the most talented person in the writing and speaking about video games field right now. It, it is just... For me, it's the way that he can turn a bit on a dime. The way that he can go from, like, entirely manic to deeply, deeply sincere and change the delivery at just a moment's notice. Like, he's just... He is in such a con- control of his body and his voice as instruments of comedy... And the oh, yeah. way that he is able to 
embody so many different like characters and different bits in like one 10 minute video is such a testament to just like how what a talented actor he is which i feel like is kind mm-hmm. of a weird uh, term to put on someone who is you know making largely making videos where he is like talking to into the camera and we kind of expect things like that to not really have that like fourth wall element but he is playing a character here and the and the way that he portrays that character is so effective um and it's interesting right because he didn't like he's not doing anything new here really he didn't invent any of the the techniques that he is using for the comedy right like the the youtube mid-sentence cut you know what i'm talking about with that that like that style of comedy that Mm -hmm. like really built its base on youtube where like a lot of the joke is like cutting off what somebody is saying halfway through to cut to a completely different joke you know (laughs) like brian david gilbert certainly didn't invent uh, that convention, you know, that's been around in vlogging since like the early 2000s, but it's the way he's employing that convention, right? It's the way he's employing the text on screen that emphasizes particular parts of the jokes. It's a way he's employing the like stumbling kind of delivery where it seems like he's kind of falling over himself, which is also very much part of that like YouTube style, that like Rick and Morty kind of style of humor where it's like, halfway improvisational halfway scripted and you get that sort of like awkward in between feeling that's very funny um yeah it's just it's 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 not that he's doing anything that he invented it's just that the combination of all of these elements and his sheer talent as an actor just brings it all together and it's just so effective yeah um i I mentioned earlier um, the, I guess, like the the, the Bo Burnham uh, type of connection. But yeah, this is, um, yeah, I I, I agree that it's just, um, I I wouldn't even say it's like the logical evolution of like this type of like YouTube comedy, but it's, it, he really does put his stamp on it. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's elements of old, like, um, like old Newgrounds style, like animators. Uh, like I feel like he's like a Newgrounds like animated character, like an old Ego Raptor character, <laughs> yeah. like d- like drawn to life. Uh, the way that he he's such a good physical comedian. Yeah. Um. That I just feel, and the way that he talks also kind of feels like an like an anime like an animation voiceover. Like yeah. he could be like a like a voice actor. The the way that he's. I, I guess what I'm saying is I want somebody to animate. Uh, <laughs> I, I want sure somebody to animate is, right? Unraveled. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure there's good Unraveled animated on YouTube because <laughs> it's just it's so it's just ripe for. Like, He's already a cartoon, you know. He he is a cartoon. It's yeah. it's it's amazing. I, I I just love watching him work. Yeah, it's it's been fascinating to watch him have to evolve the style. Uh, in light of these unprecedented times. Um, you know, like, so obviously, right. like, he's not making videos in the studio anymore. And so he's using his green screen at home. And so that cuts out two very important elements of the early Unraveled videos, which was there were always three cameras. So it was always cutting between shots. We were always getting different angles on him. And it was this rapid fire cut kind of style. And then the physical paper, right? Like a lot of the physical comedy of those of those early unraveled videos is the fact that he is just holding like absurd amounts of strips <laughs> of paper, and he's like got all yeah. of these thumbtacks, and he's losing track of shit. Like it's I'd, very very funny. I'd forgotten I'd forgotten how like heavy into like the the 
Pepe Silvia style like <laughs> yeah. drawing lines and connections between yeah. papers. The Kingdom those Hearts video were. where he's got the oh, hero's journey and it's like yeah. a string that goes in a circle, but then he's got to connect the string up to like four other different shapes to include all of the spinoff. It's great. Yeah, the, the the him having the hero's journey and then just adding like ridiculous <laughs> other parts of the hero's journey that were never part of it was, this was is a great the, fit. The, the villains tried this to get on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like all yeah. that stuff is great, and then and then he couldn't do it anymore, right? And he's doing all of this stuff in green screen with one camera, but mm-hmm. it has been so fun to watch him find ways to still make the videos like visually engaging. And he said, like, I, I really got to put more effort into the editing side of things now. Um, like, I think about in the in the most recent episode of his where he read every Halo novel over the course of a year and then explained them. Like, every time he goes off onto a tangent about Halo lore in that episode, the green screen switches to, like, a scrolling background that says, The Tangent Zone. <laughs> and yeah. Just seeing it, like, him do like, stuff like that is just, it's... It's it's inspiring to watch the work develop under under uh, these constraints, you know. Yeah, that I mean that Halo episode in particular was was good for me too because like I I've been uh, I I've, I've been on my high horse saying that Halo has good lore for a long time, and now I feel like more people will believe me. But also, <laughs> most of those books are garbage. Don't read yeah. Them. <laughs> um. So uh, I think uh, I think we're gonna get here to kind of like the the meat and potatoes thing that we wanted to talk about because it is for I sure. think this is this is like an important subject for the both of us in regards to the to unraveled, um, which is like BDG as a queer figure slash unraveled as a queer work, um, and we talked about this a little bit last week, um, and kind of said like well you know like. As far as I know, I didn't, like, double-check this before the episode, but as far as I know, BDG has never come forward and, uh, like, explicitly said anything about how he feels about gender or how he feels about sexuality. Um, you know, he is presenting in a queer fashion in these videos. You know, he, like, the way he does his hair and he's got, like, painted nails always. Like, he is, he is presenting in a gender non-conforming way in all of these videos. Um, and also, like... If he isn't queer, then one, he couldn't have made that Castlevania episode, which is basically just him talking about, like, having sex with burly men for, like, 15 minutes. Um, And also, if he's not queer, then he needs to stop saying twink and, like, himbo. And, you know, like, he, like, I, I think, I don't think it's worth it for us to sit here and be like, oh, well, is unraveled a queer work is bdg queer like i think you can just take the work on its face and say well clearly this is a queer work he is speaking about uh same gender love and same gender sex quite often in a very positive way he is presenting in a gender non-conforming fashion so regardless of how brian david gilbert the performer personally identifies unraveled is a queer work and it has been claimed as a queer right. work. Um, and I think you could prove this by just looking at the audience in the poker rap episode, <laughs> the live oh, poker yeah. rap episode. <laughs> There's some gays in there, y'all. Um, yeah, the, the, I, he, he absolutely, like, does it for the girls and the gays. Yeah. Like, it, you, he's, he totally embodies that. Like, yes, cis men can enjoy this, of course. <laughs> but, like, cis men will not, like, notice certain little things that mm-hmm. I feel like we uh, we notice. Yeah. Um, the, I, I, I think that there's, there's, like, themes of, like, loneliness and 
like hopelessness, but then like reliance on friends and the importance of chosen family Mm -hmm. that uh, are involved in a lot of episodes, particularly like the Sims episode. Yeah. You want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. So the Sims episode, um, he like, (laughs) he, uh, he sets himself uh, out on like a gigantic task of like remodeling his apartments to look like the apartment that he made in the Sims. And then there's this like really bleak, moment halfway through where he realizes i cannot fucking do this there's no way that i can do this within my deadline mm-hmm. um so he just like just calls up all his friends and is like hey like like if i like get some pizza can we just figure this out and just do this and then his friends <laughs> yeah hang up these horrible clown paintings all over <laughs> my hallways because, and, it, uh, because that made my sim the happiest in the sims and therefore i need to like yeah that's like yeah, a lot I of the jokes say, that unraveled is like well this logic works in the video game therefore i am going to apply yeah, it to my life and see how it right works. and it's funny because because yeah the, the, that's that's it, when I say it out loud, that sounds like like a terrible like Smosh video. Like, what if video games are real? Mario take mushroom, haha. <laughs> but it's like it's not like that. It's it's you just the Sims episode. Like, I I almost I didn't even want to go into it at that much because it's my favorite episode. I would recommend that above any other episode. Um, but yeah, his his Sim was made happier by having all this ridiculous shit all over the walls. So that was the that was the bit that he has to do that in real life because then that will make him happy. And just I I just feel like it's it's not universally queer, but in general, I feel like us as queer people trying to find uh, happiness through reliance on like our chosen family and also like finding the 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 right like like dumb shit that we found at a garage sale to put on our wall is it yeah that just feels queer because the 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 way that video the way that that video wraps up you know is him saying like you know i was trying to pursue all of these crazy different ways to make my space feel better and to make myself feel happier and at the end of the day having all of my goofy friends over to make some dumb paintings and put some stuff up and have a nice time together made me feel happier and more complete than anything I was ever trying to do before. And mm-hmm. now when I walk through my house, I get to look at the art that my friends made and I get to be reminded of that night that we spent together. And yeah, I think you're right. That isn't, that isn't necessarily a, a, a queer, a, a, an exclusively queer sentiment, but it sure does hit harder for queer people, doesn't it? You know, when, when you have nothing else but your friends, you know? Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause oftentimes like, you know, uh, like us as as queer people we don't necessarily have uh, the whole lot of pictures of our families uh, either yeah. the families that we grew up in or the the quote-unquote families that we have we don't we we don't have like a nuclear family style setup there we don't have pictures of our kids on the wall we have weird clown paintings because yeah. we aren't gonna have kids you know yeah um so i also think it's important to say that um uh I don't think most people who are into monster fucking are straight. Let's Okay. I want to I actually I want to talk about this in detail cuz I have a pretty I have a, I have a take about this. Um yes. okay, so let's talk about the Castlevania episode a little bit more. So basically oh, yeah. he he has this episode where he said uh, where he says that he's going to try to find Castlevania's hottest monster. And basically he's just like I I just think we should find other other mythical cryptozoological whatever creatures uh and besides vampires and let them get a chance to be a little sexy you know um and so like 
this is a very very clear video you know he, he's like yep. most of the monsters he is ta he is talking about look like muscly dudes and he is talking about the appeal of these muscly dudes but there's another angle here right because let's talk about the concept of quote-unquote monster fucking right mm -hmm. uh, so if you're not aware of the term monster fucking it is this concept that to me, I feel like as a term originated on Tumblr, but obviously as a concept has been around for a lot longer. And, you know, it is the idea of, you know, we find these mythical creatures sexy. We want, we think Mothman is hot, you know, and it's like kind of a bit, but it's also not a bit, right? And the the thing about monster fucking and, and the, the idea of monster fucker and all that stuff is that it's, it's not about monsters really right it's about loving and appreciating maligned bodies right um as a queer person you are told your entire life um that you're disgusting that you're a monster especially if you're trans fuck you know um you're you're told that your body is disgusting it is monstrous it is demonic it is satanic you know um and i'm reminded of like uh i, I was reading like a, a queer historical text where they were talking about um like trans radical flyers and newsletters and zines from around like the 70s and how a lot of those groups embraced the occult and embraced like aliens and uh you know embraced like demon iconography and and the explanation for that was basically well if they're gonna call us demons then yeah sure we are demons fuck you <laughs> you know um yeah. and and so the castlevania episode besides you know just the fact that he is someone who uh, probably identifies as a man or something close to it uh talking about like big attracted to other men and that's you know queer on its face it's also an episode about finding beauty and uh like sexual desire in people in bodies that we have been told by society are wrong right um and so like i think watching that episode again because we had talked last week like oh like how do you approach talking about bdg as a queer figure when he hasn't really been public about that it's like well watch the work the work has the queer themes. You don't really need to, you don't need to ask him because they're there. Um, and it's interesting because uh, BDG like has now been like, he's one of those dudes that, that lesbians have claimed as a lesbian icon, um, <laughs> which might be a weird thing to, to understand if you're not a lesbian, but this is like a pretty common thing where like, Men who are able to exhibit forms of soft and alternative masculinity um, are very appealing to lesbians and non-binary people uh, right. who kind of identify with, with lesbianism um, because large parts that is large parts of what being a lesbian is about. <laughs> um, that mm -hmm. is a large part of what being butch uh, is about uh, is... Yeah. finding forms of non-toxic hardness, finding forms of non-threatening masculinity. Um, and that is what BDG is, you know, in these videos. He, he's, like, very charming, very emotionally vulnerable, very emotionally honest. 
um, in all of these videos, and I think that is why he sort of gets he gets called the he him lesbian. He gets I mean, it's also the fact that he wears like patterned buttoned up shirts, and we just we own that. <laughs> but you know, yeah, like, he, he's he's like like an even gayer Harry Styles. <laughs> yeah, like he is he is he is demonstrating those values of non-traditional masculinity that we as lesbians value so much um which is really interesting to me (laughs) Um, and i think that that hopefully kind of gets at why people talk about him that way um so For, for people that for people that know me um either online or especially in real life um you can see why I relate so much <laughs> to this, yeah. Uh, because I <clears throat> myself have, uh, yes, been been jokingly referred to as he him lesbian, but um, but also the fact that like um, the the that finding like softness in my masculinity and like redefining like how I portray myself uh, as like a genderqueer man or as non-binary or whatever my my shifting self perspective is um stay tuned folks it, <laughs> More just stay tuned <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck knows <laughs> I, I i might be laughing i might be laughing at my he him in a year from now we'll see um but yeah it's this that's been like my mantra especially over the last year as i've gone through a lot of uh really uh deep interpersonal like changes and like uh, processing my my trauma and um going through all that and i've i i i look and sound more queer and softer and more like confident in myself um like i i see these changes in myself daily and like see seeing someone like bdg who can you know have 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 a beard, have a mustache, uh, wear a suit, but also have painted nails and frolic and be soft and <clears throat> and uh, be one of those people where I feel like all his friends are lesbians because all my <laughs> friends are lesbians. Um, like it, it was. It's really nice to see. It's it's I I. Uh, more than more than any other person online, I see myself reflected uh, in the work of Brian, and uh, so yeah, yeah, shouts out, shouts out to the boy. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, so I think I think the way that we're gonna wrap this up is uh, by talking about uh, probably the most significant uh, work by Brian David Gilbert, um, which is the perfect poker rap at uh, PAX 2019 live. So yeah, this is, this is this is the one. This is the only live episode of Unraveled. This is the only one that took place in front of an audience. He did it at PAX, um, and he's in this big ass conference room with a bunch of fucking queers sitting in folding chairs. <laughs> Super excited <laughs> to see Brian David Gilbert. I wish I could have been in the room when this happened. And he says that he is going to be putting together the perfect poking rap because the original poker rap sucks. And this video is like 30 minutes long and the last eight minutes is the poker rap, right? So, cause the idea is that he needs to get all of the Pokemon names in there, but also that this thing is going to be a transformative work of theater, right? <laughs> that, that it is just going to be the, the most incredible mind bending piece of performance art that you've ever seen in your life. And then he does. Yeah. Um, this more video, work went into this than any hour of stand-up comedy that I've seen in it's, years. It's 
the mo after he has been like doing goofs, it's like you know, so it's like him on the stage with his uh you know, with the help of other video producer Pat Gill uh, moving PowerPoint slides along as he is, like, going through all of these bits about how this this grandiose poker app is all going to come together, right? And then the moment where the music starts and he starts saying Pokemon names in Migos flow, <laughs> which he has oh, explained man. he is going to do because it will allow him to fit more Pokemon names into the triplet flow, and he starts doing the poker app. And it's just like it's it it's this thing gives you chills and it feels stupid. You f- it, but it's like you can see that he worked so so hard on this to make all of this come together to like make sure that his monologue lines up with the PowerPoint slides and then make sure that his song that he's doing also lines up with the PowerPoint slides, making sure that all of it comes together and it all comes together so well. And he is just glowing. Like he is just, it's watching him perform this in front of a group of people and seeing how much work went into it and the fact that he pulls the whole thing off and it's just beautiful. Like, it's just, I like want to cry when I watch this video because it's so yep. funny and it's so charming, but it's also like, wow, like, you really care about making stuff that is resonant with people. You really care about making this shit as funny as possible. You really care about, like, going the whole nine yards on every single bit and just making it the funniest shit you possibly can. And it all comes together and it's just... I don't know. It's like, it's like, I, I, the poker rap video is like inspiring. It makes me want to mm-hmm. be a better creative. D- totally. Yeah. He, he, he sets the bar. <clears throat> like, like it, it makes me want to make better shit. I, and I, I think, um, we didn't talk about it, but, uh, this, he, he finds ways in his videos to like sneak his like politics in there in really clever <laughs> oh, ways. God, and the poker yeah. rap, the, the poker rap has my favorite one of those where he's, he, he does, <laughs> He, he he starts doing like a like a don't do drugs kids thing with all the grass Pokemon, but then it turns into like um, a, a rap about abolishing mandatory minimum sentences and like like an anti war on drugs thing. And- yeah, he's like he's like, but you know, uh, he's like saying like I'm not I'm not saying that you should smoke weed, but if your friend smokes weed, that doesn't mean that they should go to prison. Big Pharma is the root of our problem with opi- it's. Oh God, it's so goddamn good. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, there, there's, there's, there's another moment like that in the recent Halo episode uh, where he talks about like anti-imperialism. Yeah, he's man, I, I love this guy. <laughs> I, I do too. I, I feel like it might be, it might be, it might be crass to even continue because I feel like if you, if you've gotten this far in this episode and you've never seen it unraveled, you've never watched a BDG. Please do yourself a favor. There is like there's like 28 of them now. He's got a bunch of them. There's a ton of stuff on his YouTube channel. I love BDG so much. I love mm-hmm. his work. I am I'm happy that we got to do this episode to 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 pay him some fucking respects because he truly truly deserves it. What are we watching next week, Mark? Uh, well, next week we are watching uh, Parappa the Rapper, um, the anime. <laughs> based on Parappa the Rapper, the video game. Uh, all right, we're here. We're sitting in the car. I want you to tell me if you can go far uh, and other such uh, bangers. Um, 
I'm basically just hoping this song's got ba- th- this show's got bangers because yeah. <laughs> man does the game. Uh, I sure I does. played this. I I never owned um uh, a PlayStation uh, growing up. Uh, I didn't own a console till the GameCube. Uh, but man, did I play this game at friends' houses and uh, have so much love for <laughs> for this uh, weird fucking rap g- rhythm game with the dog. <laughs> Who yeah. works at a fast food restaurant. Man, it's good. Um, so yeah, apparently they made an anime, you know? We're gonna yeah. watch it. Yeah, so this is uh this is coming in courtesy of my friend Myra. Shout outs to Myra, who is also letting me stay at their house <laughs> right now while they get bugs out of my apartment. Um But yeah, uh I d- know very little about Parappa the Rapper besides He's the rapping dog from what comes from that there video game. Um, and according to f- my friend Myra, this show is not very good. <laughs> um, ah, that's a bummer. But we'll <laughs> see how it goes. Where can people find the podcast on the internet, Mark? Uh, you can find us at Cartridge Cinema. Uh, on Twitter, that's at Cartridge Cinema. You can uh, join the Discord. Uh, it's linked in the pin post of the Twitter. You can listen to us uh, whatever, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. We're on all the apps. Get Download the RSS feed directly into the Tesla chip in your brain. Um, you can... <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, <laughs> you should rate us, especially on iTunes. That's helpful for having people find us and that's pretty cool uh the music is by dj tin man the art is by courtney kaufman for me it was tuesday i just feel like all of our listeners are smart enough to not put any technology uh in general in their brains but especially any technology created by elon musk Yeah, I want to say I'm smart enough to not buy technology like that, but also I pre-ordered a PlayStation Five. Oh God, they're gonna have they're gonna have be- you <laughs> solely because that Demon Soul trailer. I I am a I'm a capital G gamer. They are uh, going to have they, they are gonna have you chipped up before the end of next year, Mark. Fuck cops! Yeah. Don't join the military. <laughs> Peace. No after show this week because I gotta. I gotta go to work soon, so yeah. Fuck capitalism. <laughs> Sorry. Capitalism bad. Mutual yep. aid good. Uh, yep. Get to know your neighbors. Uh, uh, help the unhoused and um, uh, spend spend your money wisely. Yeah, if you're if you're gonna give your money away, give it to bail funds and mutual aid projects, and not. Uh, center-right political candidates. <laughs> that is a great idea. <laughs> J- Joe does not need your fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to do it, folks. Thanks for listening this okay, week. Okay, bye. <laughs>